Hey, I'm Shamar. And I'm Andrew. We're going to be doing a deep dive on all the connected DC animated movies in their cinematic universe. Yes, I'm here to discuss the interconnected storylines and point out how jacked everybody is. And I'm here to share deep comic book knowledge like Batman having his own sneaker line. So check out yet another DC animated podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family and coming soon wherever you listen to your podcast. Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCast, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. See what I got going on there today, guys. Oh, Hello see, there. Oh boy. <laughs> and Tiki welcome. Ball. I know he's so cute. I love it. <laughs> welcome, Dirty Knights, to the well-rounded table to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebelstone collaborator. And I am Pirate Jedi Anders Drew. And no matter what rank you carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. Darn right. This season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we're taking a detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into my favorite Rebels episodes and my favorite Star Wars moments. <laughs> season 2, episodes 21 and 22, the season finale for Rebel Season 2, Twilight of the Apprentice, parts 1 and 2. Oh, these are so good. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so we have done our best to scramble our signal, and we will be avoiding spoilers for future Rebels episodes. But I will throw an adult content warning in there for the youngling. This is Maul. We do have Colleen here, so things <laughs> might get steamy. I got my Maul shirt on too, guys. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie to you. It, there's like it's Maul, Maul all the time. <laughs> so without further ado, let's hop on board the Phantom and head to Malakor to explore our holocrons of knowledge. Colleen, punch it and open that first holocron. Heck yes. Thanks, Yoda, for launching us into our first hologram today. Yes. It is the Journal of the Wills, in which we go over the plot episode synopsis for this week. So here we go, Twilight of the Apprentice, parts one and two. We open with Ahsoka communicating with Rex really cutely. This part was so adorable. He doesn't want them to go to Malachor alone, but she assures him that they'll be fine. Everything's fine. It's all good. Nothing wrong is going to happen. It's fine. Ezra wonders what they're even searching for. So Ahsoka says, knowledge to help defeat their enemy. After landing, the group comes across some ruins that Ahsoka tries to read in the old tongue. Ezra, seemingly mesmerized by the ruins, reaches out and touches them, causing a reaction, and the ground caves in. Curious teenager. Guys, don't touch anything. Don't touch things, especially ruins. Good lord, he's never seen any freaking hollows of any sort of horror movies, I guess. The group are in a large cavern with the Sith Temple in view in front of them. They decide that the temple is their probable destination. So they head out. On the way, they come across hundreds, if not thousands, of burned bodies left over from a battle long ago between Still armies fine. of Jedi and Sith. This is bad. Good. Oh, boy. <laughs> not good, guys. This is when yeah. I would have been like, we need to turn it around. Yeah. Mm -mm. I'm ready for this. <laughs> uh, and then they are attacked by an Inquisitor. 
but he also seems kind of surprised to have found them there, indicating that he was there ultimately searching for someone else. Ominous. Ezra falls through a crack in the ground and yells up to Kanan and Ahsoka that, you know, no, he'll be fine. Don't worry. They need to go after the Inquisitor. Again, don't worry. Everything will be fine. Ezra hears a voice in the distance and credit to him, lightsaber out. He's got it. He's got it ignited. He goes to investigate and he comes across a hooded figure with a walking stick who claims that he has been stranded there. Also seeking knowledge of the Sith, particularly how to destroy them. Mm -hmm. Ezra still kind of hesitant, but decides, all right, he's going to work with this guy. He tells him his name is Jabba. As always, got to love the Jabba reference. Uh, and the stranger calls himself Old Master. Mm-hmm. Not not very creative. Neither of these two are super creative when it no. comes to the aliases. But that's what I love that he stresses the old part. Like, mm-hmm. we're not believing you, hooded figure, that you're that old. So while Kanan and Ahsoka are dealing with the Inquisitor, they enlist Chopper to sabotage his ship, which is fantastic. Ezra is continuing on with Old Master, who admits to being a force wielder in his past. A Jedi? (laughs) Then you must have been a Sith. (laughs) Sith, you know, they took everything from me, which is not wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's not lying here. At least he doesn't claim that he was a Jedi. That would have been bad. You know, this guy, he's had a tough, man. He says the temple has the knowledge within to destroy the Sith who are his enemy. Meanwhile, Kanan and Ahsoka and Chopper overcome the Inquisitor and take him prisoner. Ezra and Old Master reach the temple, which takes two Force users utilizing the dark side, of course, to enter. They work to lift the large stone doors and once inside, Old Master reveals himself as Maul. No longer Darth, just Maul. Just Maul. So Kanan and Ahsoka are questioning their prisoner who reveals that he was on Malachor hunting a quote-unquote shadow, which obviously means he was there hunting Maul. Yes. Uh, <laughs> who at that very moment is leading Ezra to the center of the temple where they again work together. They do the uh, the Kanan and Ezra toss, thro- force throw each other and acquire a Sith holocron. Yes, not a wayfinder. Not a Wayfinder, although it looks exactly like one because the Wayfinder looks exactly like a holocron and should have been a damn holocron. We will not let this die, folks. This will go on forever and ever. But after they pull it out of its little holding place, the temple starts to open up. Chopper tells Kaden and Ahsoka that more Inquisitors have arrived. They rush to the temple after the prisoner is free and Ezra and Maul use the holocron as a key to open the doors. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka and Kaden are not okay with Ezra standing there next to Maul. Yeah. Maul, on the other hand, is having a grand old time. What fun. So excited. It's like finally some action. <laughs> Ezra manages to conv- convince is a bit of a strong word here, but he manages to persuade Kaden and Ahsoka that in this moment, they are all on the same side and that they have to work together to fight off the Inquisitors. Maul tells the group that they need to make it to the top of the temple to get the knowledge that they seek, and time is running out because Vader will soon arrive. Mm-hmm. Whoopsies. 
Oh no, here comes the actual Sith. Oh no. <laughs> so on the way up the temple, on these really cool looking elevators, like this part was really cool. Yeah. The design of the temple is excellent. The group is forced to separate as we're going with Maul and Kanan going with Ahsoka. Kanan, I know Ezra was like pushing you, but still don't give in. You were the yeah, absolute like pushover stepdad trying to please the teenager. Like yeah. should not have let this happen. Mm-hmm. There was an interesting push pull here where it's like Kanan, you either had to immediately agree to trust Ezra. And then Ezra probably would have been like, Oh no, I'll hang out with my real master, blah, blah, blah. Or you had to say no and put your foot down for everything. Yeah. Like there's, there was no middle ground. You, mm, poor baby. Ugh. Our poor guy. So they're going up the temple. They're trying to divide the three inquisitors between them. Ezra and Maul fight the seventh sister and Maul encourages Ezra to kill her because of course he does. Ezra hesitates, so Maul does it instead, berating Ezra for not having the strength to do what must be done. They see that the others are in trouble, so Ezra continues to the top while Maul goes back to quote unquote, deal with it. Mm, Interesting Mm -hmm. wording there. He successfully kills the fifth brother pretty easily. Yeah. Maul Maul does not have a difficult time with these inquisitors. It's no wonder they were afraid of him. While Kanan damages the eighth brother's lightsaber, causing him to plummet to his death when he tries the little helicopter lightsaber action. Stupid helicopter thing. Yeah, I love Rebels. I do not love the helicopter lightsabers. A cool idea in theory that didn't really translate that well to screen. Can you imagine them trying to do that in live action? It would just look terrible. Like, could have, uh, could Grievous have done, have done that? Yes. Just with his own hands? Probably. <laughs> I believe in Grievous getting those things to spin fast enough because of his robotic appendages i don't know so much about the inquisitors so after all of the inquisitors have been taken out maul states that ezra is his new apprentice and he attacks kanan and ahsoka kanan is blinded in maul's initial attack and ahsoka does fight back too too little too late ahsoka my girl we're going to talk about that later maul reveals that the temple is also a battle station because of course it is (laughs) that he will use to destroy all of his enemies. At this point, he's talking about Palpatine and Vader. Meanwhile, and let's face it, it just about everybody. Yeah, just about anyone who's ever done Maul wrong, which I'm sure he will assume is the entire fucking galaxy, Mm -hmm. because that's how he is, because freaking arrested development for this poor guy. (laughs) Meanwhile, Ezra makes it to the top of the temple and inserts the holocron into its little slot place. The temple activates, revealing its nature to Ezra, who is horrified thankfully this is just one of those like be careful what you wish for moments like i want to know how to destroy the sith okay i can i can obliterate the sith that's not what i wanted yeah oh my god no (laughs) i can destroy coruscant like without what no Mm -mm -mm. so kanan just like palling around in the dark he manages to find an old temple guards helmet curious why this was there honestly Um, this is pretty far from like a jedi depot (laughs) i don't know i mean i guess he made it far like there was a sentinel there during the fight i guess must have been he made it up there that far because isn't that what maul trips over then is the yeah it's yes the petrified body there anyway he puts on the helmet to kind of shield his wounds and he manages to fight off maul despite his lack of sight using Mm -hmm. his other senses and just trusting in the force and pushes him off the temple Chopper signals again that they have more company. 
we get this nice little tracking shot of like a shadow passing over the little cracks in the cave mm-hmm. ceiling. Mm-hmm. Kater and Ahsoka race to the top of the temple to try and help Ezra. Sensing movement outside, Ezra goes to welcome the help <laughs> of his friends, being desperate. But it's Vader himself, the drama king of the galaxy, standing Ooh. on top of his freaking TIE fighter. Piloting the- <laughs> it from the top. Piloting it with the force from outside. Now I gotta give I gotta give Ezra some props in this moment. Uh he gives he gives Vader some sass. Mm-hmm. Yes. Including like, yeah, Vader's wondering how Ezra could have possibly gotten to this point by himself. Yeah. You you're smart, you figure it out. Vader's like, oh, it was fucking Maul, wasn't it? Yeah. Vader quickly destroys Ezra's lightsaber. Goodbye mm-hmm. to the staple gun. Goodbye, staple gun. We barely knew ye. Uh, and is about to completely finish off the finish off the boy, but Ahsoka mm-hmm. manages to get there. The two exchange some insults, saying Ahsoka saying she had suspicions about who Vader was under that helmet, but there's no way that Anakin could have become this. Vader, of course reveals Anakin Skywalker is dead. And so Ahsoka declares she will avenge his death and the fight begins. This is a great fight. God, it's amazing. It's one of the best fight sequences in Star Mm -hmm. Wars. It's fantastic. Kanan arrives being guided by Chopper, who's like (laughs) holding his hand. Holding his hand with his little hand. (laughs) His little droid hand. (laughs) And everything's fine, I won't cry. And he helps Ezra remove the holocron, but then that causes some kind of energy surge and the temple begins to completely collapse. Mm -hmm. So mm, Vader seemingly defeats Ahsoka and tries to force grab the holocron from the fleeing Ezra. He almost has it, even though Kanan is like clinging onto Ezra and he's saying, I've got you, I've got you. Like, no, please don't (laughs) do this. When Ahsoka returns, frickin' baller move right here strikes his mask chopping off part of it ahsoka is running when she hears anakin's voice coming from vader and he says ahsoka like ah. <laughs> it's fine i'm perfect, not crying perfect Everything blend of the james earl jones and the matt lanter and then yes, that, that the softer one and his yellow freaking eye mm-hmm. ringed in red just looking out looking like maul i mean maul's eyes have always looked like that to us yeah. So that's the dark side eyes coming out. And this is what Anakin's eyes look like now. Coming to terms with the truth, Ahsoka states that she will not leave him again. (laughs) Everything's fine. Just go watch the Clone Wars TV series and you'll have dry eyes forever. I I promise there's no crying involved. Vader reasserts himself over Anakin and the two continue to fight. Ezra and Kanan manage to make it out while Ahsoka is pushing Ezra away. Like Ezra tries to go back mm-hmm. and get her. And she's like, nah, <laughs> no, you have no <laughs> chance. If I have no chance, you have no chance. Ensuring their escape. As the Phantom flies away, the temple fully collapses. Also, Kanan hugs Ezra. Let's just put that out there. He does. <laughs> and we get this incredible like tracking shot montage to end the episode. Mm-hmm. Kanan... Ezra and Chopper reunite with the ghost crew and they have to deliver the news of Ahsoka's apparent death. 
Maul, we see, is flying away in one of the Inquisitor's TIE fighters, so he made it out. Vader is shown kind of limping away from the temple wreckage and the ruins. And we do get a very, very brief shot of Ahsoka being accompanied by her old pal Morai walking Morai. back into the ruins. It's a very, Ooh. very quick shot. Yeah, triangular door doorway. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on there. Back on the ghost, we close with Ezra using the dark side of the force to open the Sith holocron and we get that red reflection in his eyes and that boom, season two is over. What a fucking ending. So <laughs> much is going on in this. Oh my God. That last tracking shot of the episode is insane. It's like insane. The, the score over it is oh, incredible. Stunning, stunningly beautiful. If we had a winner for this episode with Maul, <laughs> it would be... <laughs> Kevin Kiner, who does the score. Like, this is fucking amazing work yeah. here. All right. I think we're ready to head into our second hologram. I think so. I think this so. is uh, The Will of the Force, where we discuss the theme or themes in today's episodes. Mm -hmm. Helen, you right. want to start us off with the episodes? I will go for our episode themes. It's a little rough this week, you guys. <laughs> There's not very much hope, unfortunately, except for Morai being present in these episodes. We have first episode 21, Know Your Enemy, or at least attempt to know your enemy. Both Ahsoka and Maul say that you need to understand your enemy before you can defeat them, which is another interesting flipping of the coin for Ahsoka and Maul. They will be connected in other areas for Star Wars, particularly in the end of the Clone Wars. And then there's Maul, who's really good at figuring out his enemy. He figures Ezra out very quickly. Yes. Playing on his understanding nature and need to connect to people. Like, he really gets this real fast. He He's a lot smarter than the Phantom Menace made him out to be. Very we much saw that so. A little bit, we saw that a little bit in Clone Wars, but here, he really latches onto Ezra quickly. Which leads us to episode 22, <laughs> Empathy Can Be Destructive. <laughs> like, yes, Ezra, we love you. We love that you want to give Maul a chance because you want to give everybody a chance. Ezra goes beyond empathy here. Ezra yes. sympathizes. Yes, very much so. And Maul was actually very sincere when he was talking to Ezra here. Mm -hmm. And Ezra gave him the opening. Like Maul was kind of just talking to himself a little bit, being like, <laughs> the Sith took everything from me. And he went a little internalized with it. But then when he noticed that Ezra kind of had that kindred spirit thing going on, he was like, oh, here we go. I can exploit <laughs> this. It's Maul's weird. He's like, I can exploit this, but also I crave this. Like I, I, I can exploit it, but I also crave this kind of empathy and sympathy with what has happened to me. Ezra trusts the dark side user a little too quickly, wanting to focus on the things Maul said he could be, which is a very teenage thing to do. I mean, you find a new friend or a new mentor who all of a sudden shows you a different side of yourself and you want to believe that you could be that. You want to believe that you could control this power. Yes, definitely. Like Ezra's but like, you... believe in me, Kanan, I can do it. And Kanan's like, fuck. It's like... Yeah, he, he taught you how to use the dark side to open the door. Mm -hmm. And and Ezra's like, oh, that wasn't too bad. Yeah, it's fine. I've got a hold on. This is great. Everything's fine. Uh -huh. Kanan's like, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> and this totally leaves Ezra open to Maul mm -hmm. and closes him off to someone that he should trust, Kanan, because he knows him so well. Like him and Kanan know each other 
super well. They know each other very well. Ugh. But all this kind of gets to our series theme. Not really dealing with the chosen mm-hmm. family today. We are really dealing with raising the stakes and these escalating responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Ezra's going to have to deal with the fallout from trusting Maul for a long, long time. time. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kanan's blind. <laughs> Kanan is now Kanan is now blind because Ezra insisted on Maul coming with them. And Ahsoka is gone. Oh, <laughs> oh, our poor baby. He's uh, too young to have to deal with this just, kind of And shit. <laughs> all of that is on his shoulders, plus everything else he was already dealing with, being a soldier in the Rebellion, training mm-hmm. to be a Jedi. I mean, he played it off for a joke a couple episodes ago uh, when they were dealing with the uh, the Crypto Spiders. He's yeah. like, yeah, me, possibly the last Jedi ever in the galaxy. <laughs> and and now that is a gone. responsibility. And now Ahsoka's gone, and that He's really like, is two true. Of us now. He's like, there were three and now there are two because fuck knows where Yoda is. Yeah. They, don't, they don't know. And just bearing that weight. I mean, let's be clear. Ezra is not responsible for no. Maul's actions. No, he's not. But he does blame himself for what happened as a result of his choices and what happened on Malachor. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Oh, I know. Season three, here we go. <laughs> oh, God. Season, love me some season three. Bring on the angst. <laughs> All right, so then let's move into our third holocron, The Galaxy's mm-hmm. Populace, where we focus on the characters and relationships highlighted in today's episodes. And Colleen, I got to let I got to let you start it with your boy. <laughs> oh, I have to. I have to every every single time. Mall, here we go. Danger Snack has made his Rebels debut. Why did they make him so sparkly though? For real. What is the reason? <laughs> what are you Why talking is, about? His skin looks like it's like shining and beautiful. He looks like a Tori, our friend of their pod, describes him as like a poison dart frog. Like he's got this outward kind of weird beauty that draws people in, but also should be like screaming danger. Like, no, (laughs) this is not, do not approach, do not approach. But the pretty colors like, oh, but he's pretty. He is voiced again to perfection by Sam Witwer. I love how Sam made him like the old, old master (laughs) voice to start with, even though it's like, we knew it was small. But poor Ezra's like, oh yeah, he's like an old grandpa. This is fine. It is not fine. Mm. He's such a great addition to the Rebels cast. He's a great foil for Kanan, giving Ezra that dark side user to kind of sit on his shoulder as the little devil to Kanan's angel. He's sitting there tempting him. Love the Inquisitors, call him the Shadow. Like he's this mysterious force that nobody can stop. It actually reminds me of i want to say it's in the phantom menace novelization Mm. when it's either or it might actually even be they might actually even be talking about vader going all the way back to like the original new hope novel but they describe this like blackness around these Mm -hmm. sith that just dark aura the dark aura that just appears to be you look at them and it's like they are just sucking in the light around them yes and that definitely would describe somebody like maul Mm-hmm. who has like hardly any light if any still inside of him i do want to know why he says he can't defeat vader on his own i want this story immediately there has to be a reason he wouldn't just be out there being like oh yeah vader can totally wash me without a reason i don't Maul, know i think Maul he doesn't just mall is well mall is very mall is aware we know especially he oh, knows yeah. who he knows who vader is yes he knows who he is underneath. And so he's had dealings with Anakin before. He knows how strong he bit. is. Yeah. 
I don't know if he's ever faced him directly, though. I don't think he did in the Clone Wars. He was either with Obi-Wan or he faced Ahsoka. Because Ahsoka was like, if Anakin had showed up, you'd be screwed. But we didn't have that. When this aired, we didn't have that. Right. So it's still a mystery. Like, he knows who Anakin is. And he knows that Vader is Anakin. But we don't know about any sort of relationship between the two. Like, it could be... I just, I want to see Vader kick Maul's ass. Like, I want to see that story. <laughs> we also, we don't know. I mean, we also really don't know how or why Maul is here. Right. So as far as we knew. Crimson Dawn. Like, right. We don't know that yet. So we're waiting. We are patiently waiting, Dave Filoni. <laughs> yes. you're listening to us, please tell us what is happening here. So we have a couple things with Maul in these episodes with his relationships. He starts a relationship with Ezra. He's always on the lookout for a new pr- apprentice. Just ask his brother Savage or Ahsoka, which we find out in the Clone Wars. Any good, uh, any good Sith is always looking yeah. for a better one. Exactly. Always looking for either their replacement or somebody to help them out. Unfortunately, he's not great at keeping them or enticing <laughs> them to join him, as we will find out later. Rewatching Rebels for the millionth time kind of made me pay attention more to Maul's interactions with Ezra here. Like, what exactly does he want? At first, he probably is going to get rid of Ezra once he gets his prize. Like, why would he have a reason to keep Ezra around? But then he's like, hmm, this kid is smart and resourceful. And also, he kind of understands me. Hmm, interesting. (laughs) Maul kind of craves that kinship, whether he wants to admit it or not which will be interesting moving forward. Major abandonment issues. Oh, God. I mean, if you were taken at three and... Yeah. <laughs> and raised on Mustafar by Palpatine and torture droids. <laughs> yeah. Who was your best friend? A torture droid. Everything's fine. And then Palpatine destroys the droid that was his friend. Oh, yes. Sorry, y'all. I, I am a mall apologist for a lot of things because of nature versus nurture and nurture pretty much destroyed his entire life or lack thereof nurture I should say and then next we have Maul and Ahsoka who are a really interesting pairing they haven't seen each other since Maul pieced out at the end of Clone Wars season seven when he took the ship that Ahsoka and Rex had intended to use to escape the Venator that was crashing we love that he's such a passive aggressive asshole he calls Ahsoka a part-timer <laughs> And he calls her, quote, Lady Tano. Mm-hmm. She's, she's not a lady, guys. <laughs> He's just being an asshole. If you think about it, Ahsoka really should have been keeping a closer eye on him. Yeah, she really should have. Like, the entire time. She she's only like, met him once. Ezra will be fine. But... Ugh. I'm like, girl, no. No. Ahsoka, no. You should have... Mm. She should have been like, Ezra, no. <laughs> this is not gonna fly like yes we will let him help us defeat the inquisitors but you are going nowhere near him yeah like yeah i'd have been like okay the inquisitor all right where are those cuffs that we had for the inquisitor slap those on there yeah mom probably would have let her too oh definitely you'd have been like oh yeah i'm going along with it ezra will free me at some point mm. uh speaking of ezra mm. oof our our poor mm. poor space aladdin padawan just really has a tough go these two episodes he is drawn very quickly into the pull of the dark side uh and is able to use it much much faster than kanan would like Mm -hmm. 
uh, Ezra, yeah. Ezra really gets a chance to see up close and personal the uglier side of his mission to become a Jedi and defeat the Empire. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's, I mean, we always knew it wasn't going to be easy, but it's also not exactly going to be bloodless. No. I mean, Kanan gets blinded, they lose Ahsoka, and one of the absolute last, also possibly one of the strongest light side users in the entire galaxy. And to make matters worse, Vader destroys his lightsaber. I mean, that thing was so cool. I still loved it. I still defend it. No, I love that lightsaber. <laughs> Even though Ezra, he doesn't want the ultimate power that the battle station offers at first. No. Once they're back on the ghost, he does actually pull out that holocron pretty quick. Yes. Everyone is yes. still kind of saying hello and getting ready to leave. And he's just in his room. He's gone full goth. Lights yeah. out, lights out, yeah. red, red light right in the middle. He's in his goth slash emo phase right now. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Luckily, he has a roommate, so he's not just going to be able to pull out, pull, he's not going to be able to pull out his <laughs> every five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yes, the masturbation theme will hit strong in season three, everybody. Yes. <laughs> oh, poor Ezra. We're definitely going to have a lot to unpack for him in the next two seasons. It's difficult. This is a growing up kind of story. This is a mm -hmm. finding out who you are as a child and going into and adulthood. And who you want to be. And who you want to be and who you think you are, I think is very important for Ezra moving forward. Especially when it comes to Kanan, who is our next focus for our citizens of the galaxy. He did a lot of things right this episode, but still he's the one who loses his sight, who loses something like very precious to him. Mm -hmm. He tried to tell Ezra not to trust Maul, like he tried. And then not hard like, enough. Okay, not hard enough. I mean, this is the, the moment where it's like the seesaw thing, like either trust him or don't. Mm -hmm. He does at least put his trust in Ezra eventually, but unfortunately at that point, it's too little too late. He's trying to listen to what the Grand Inquisitor told him at the temple, like, he's going to fall. Like, you're you're not going to be able to stop him or control everything he does. And I think he remembers that at the last second. And it's like, okay, I need to give Ezra a shot to figure shit out for himself. Ugh, communication, everything's fine. I love, though, he is such a badass. Once he puts on that Sentinel mask, mm -hmm. he's incredible. He, like, connects with the Force to a degree that I don't think he ever has before. Otherwise, there's no way he would have defeated Maul so quickly. Although yeah. Maul, of course, was being a, a jackass and was like, I'll make this quick. <laughs> like, I'm going to be able to take you out easy because you can't see. It's like, Maul, come on. Didn't you do any exercises with Palpatine about not using your eyes to perceive things in force? <laughs> Maybe not, I guess. Hmm. He used so much force energy to focus on defeating Maul, though, that he does drain himself. We don't see that very often with the force users or Jedi, like he really is concentrating so hard on the force that he can take Maul out very easily. But then of course he's like, I'm done now. I need Chopper to lead me around. But then he does have another best Jedi dad moment when he space hugs dad. Ezra and comforts him. He is such a good space dad. He is the best space dad. Like he's, he's the one who's blind. Like he's blind here. <laughs> He is traumatized and he's the one who's trying to make sure that Ezra's okay, which is what a parent does. I mean, if they're hurt, they make sure their kid is okay mm -hmm. and that they're going to be okay. Uh, 
we'll see if this pans out later. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. In the upcoming seasons, but at least in this episode, Kanan is trying his best. And you can tell at the end, like when he kind of turns his head and he's got the bandage on, he is sensing something. Oh, yeah. Is going on with Ezra. Definitely. We don't know what he does yet about that. And then lastly, God, mm-hmm. the apprentice herself, Ahsoka, mm-hmm. comes face to face. She comes straight up face to face with her nightmare mm-hmm. in these episodes. She has to put up with Maul's bullshit all over again, which I think it wasn't until I watched Rebels maybe the second time that I realized I didn't remember her and Maul ever actually meeting during Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we got it in in season seven. Yes. Um, And then she has to fight her former master, her brother, her best friend, Mm -hmm. really in Anakin (laughs) and she has to make that decision that she knows what it's going to cost her to stay behind Mm -hmm. and she still does it because she just is not about to abandon him again yeah can we talk about though just what a flex when Vader's like killing is not the Jedi way and she's like well guess what bitch I am no Jedi I got two lightsabers and two fingers (laughs) (laughs) This is not your friendly neighborhood Ahsoka anymore, Anakin. She doesn't Mm. need your tampered with blue lightsabers. Fuck that shit. She's got her own. They are super powerful. They are white. They are fucking incredible. Her fight sequence here is fucking amazing. It's so amazing. And it's just so good. It's amazing to see how far she's come Mm -hmm. in her saber combat. She is on point. Mm -hmm. Ezra being like, huh, I'm going to need to practice a little bit more. That was a great line. I really need more practice. Uh, Also, at this moment, um, again, he doesn't have a lightsaber anymore. So, you know, one problem at a time, kid. Yeah, we need to work on that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We ultimately, I mean, we won't know if Ahsoka ever would have been able to take on, like, in his prime Anakin lightsaber combat. But she's definitely more than capable of fighting Vader at this Mm -hmm. stage. Yes. And the whole fight, like, I will say it again. It's such an incredible sequence. It's so beautiful. It is Mm -hmm. so heartbreaking. Even if you haven't watched Clone Wars, you haven't seen Ahsoka that much, but you've seen probably just enough of her. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can only imagine having no knowledge of who Ahsoka is before Rebels and being like, wait, what? Padawan? What's going on? But... They do a very good job of showing their relationship in a very short span of time here. Mm-hmm. And that's why it lands so, so well. She reaches him for that brief instant. So Briefest of instance. So we get he's looking at her with his own eyes. Probably <laughs> the last person that he that he will look upon until Luke in his moment of death. Yeah. yeah. And he just says her name. It doesn't come out. It doesn't come out as the apprentice or you again, or whatever. It, he says her name, mm-hmm. but it's still not enough. It's not enough to fully draw him out. Damn it! Ugh. It is. We know it, We know it can't. But we know. It, I mean, yeah, we know. Just from a story standpoint, it can't be obviously. But mm-hmm. it's interesting to think of this as kind of that first, that first real chink in Mm -hmm. his armor as Vader, Mm -hmm. the first person 
to get an, a positive emotional connection with him since Padme's death. Yeah. It's, mm. I like thinking about that too. Because yes, Luke is obviously the most important connection that Vader forms, especially mm -hmm. in his later life. But being able to show that somebody else could have reached him if she maybe had more time, like, or if she had shown up earlier, maybe if she had been with him on Coruscant when Palpatine made his moves, maybe then he wouldn't have fallen. It, it, it adds a nice layer to it. Like, yes, Luke is obviously very important. He is one of the most, if not the most important characters in Star Wars. <laughs> but knowing that there are other people that had a shot or had a chance and that Anakin loved other people. Yeah. It's really nice to see. Knowing that. that it's not just the first person who tried. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Knowing that people had to like chip away at him. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm sure killing Obi-Wan also kind of opened up another wound in him because he came like, became an entirely different person in Empire Strikes Back. Like he became that obsessive Anakin focused yeah. kind of person whereas in a new hope he was just like wow wow i guess i'll just do my job and kill these rebels and he's like obi-wan what <laughs> reawakening that old anakin yeah. mentality is really fun to see like yes this is why we watch the clone wars is to see that anakin had these kind of very deep personal relationships and then you get it even further in rebels like yay thank you Dave Filoni. thank you for making the prequels work <laughs> I'm just kidding, Flo. I love the prequels. Everything's fine. <laughs> we love you too, Flo. Yes. All right. I think we're ready to head into the fourth holocron then, which is binding the galaxy together, which are our homages and Easter eggs for the episode. First off, one of my favorites in my mm -hmm. book, experience outranks everything. This is Rex's line to Ahsoka in the Clone Wars, in the film, the Clone Wars. Yes. It's so adorable when they first meet. I love the book ending of their relationship here. It's a callback to that first meeting. It's perfect. Everything about Rex and Ahsoka is perfect. Her response in the movie was, quote, then I better get some, end quote, rather than here when she says, quote, then I definitely outrank Thank you, you, end quote. Like, I mean, you both are kind of, after seeing the end of Clone Wars, are on the basically the same spectrum of experiences. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really, really very cute. Another cool connection between those two. She says, I am no Jedi in this episode. Rex actually says it first in the Clone Wars. He is skewering a Zygerian slaver <laughs> when after he says this, which is like, banger yes rex get after it yes. when anna it's anakin again can't kill somebody and rex is like fuck that i'm not jedi Bam. <laughs> jedi don't okay. kill well guess what yeah i guess what i'm not a fucking jedi i'm a blonde fucking clone <laughs> nobody ever sees rex coming that's one of the good things about him Okay, next we have the old tongue, which is what Ahsoka is trying to translate on the Sith artifacts ruins. This is Urkitat, which is also known as the Sith language. It can be seen on the artifacts in the temple that our crew encounter on Malachor, but it also makes appearances in the Clone Wars, the sequel films, and the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. It can also be, yeah. I didn't realize it showed up in Mandalorian. It does. This is also like the old tongue is like the Sith tongue, but it's derived from 
the Jedi tongue also. Oh, okay. So okay. it's on a lot of the older Jedi temples as well. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. But we'll never actually know what it says because as yeah. 3PO keeps saying, he cannot translate it. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows. I was oh, hoping well. can translate a little bit of it. Yeah. I guess that was an elective at the <laughs> Jedi training Academy. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have the Scorched Bodies. Uh, from the Great Scourge of Malachor. Or, to me, these just always seem like they were very much inspired by the Pompeii and mm-hmm. the uh, the Vesuvius eruption, where yeah. people are just kind of frozen in place wherever they were when this weapon went off. The great mm-hmm. battle between the Jedi and the Sith ended when the Sith super weapon was activated, killing everybody All in the them. vicinity. Also mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of the Darth Bane trilogy and the force bomb that he uses to destroy the army of the light and the uh, the army of Seth mm-hmm. to establish the rule of two. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's just mass destruction. It's fine. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, we also get Ezra picks up a cross guard lightsaber. Now this episode aired just three months after Force Awakens came out. So we had seen Kylo Ren's cross guard saber, but no one was really sure about it at that point. Like, the, it was also that cackling because the kyber crystal was broken, so we weren't yeah. sure if the uh, the cross guard was actually a side effect of that. But it was interesting here because this is a green saber, which would indicate that it is in fact a Jedi, is not a Sith. So there are other styles out there. They do exist. Mm-hmm. They do exist, and the High Republic has a couple. But yeah, this we're, kind we're of getting more sword situation. Yeah, especially when they have to use them as keys in their ships. Yes, so cool. Yay, High Republic. Everyone read the High Republic books. Yes. <laughs> okay, next we have the Temple Voice, a.k.a. The Presence, voiced by Nikki Futterman, who's also Asajj Ventress's voice. She sounds amazing. I mean, she does. Yeah, it's gonna, this is a dark side voice right here, guys. In an interview with IGN that was posted after the episode aired, Dave Filoni provided some insight into what he saw as the backstory of The Presence. In his mind, the voice of the presence is the voice of the ancient Sith Lord who built Malachor's temple. Filoni said he liked the idea of an ancient and powerful woman, get after it, <laughs> Dave Filoni, who had domination that the audience had not heard of yet, who was creating the weapon when it was attacked by the Jedi Order, whoopsies, and everyone was turned to stone when it was activated. Filoni further said that the name of the character for the Sith Lord was created, but he couldn't reveal it yet. Hmm, interesting. The 2018 source book Dawn of Rebellion mentions a Sith witch. Oh my. Oh my. What? A Sith is she, witch? Is she a Night Sister? <laughs> like, is this, is this is a she the founder of the Night Sisters? I know, that would be super cool. Who led Sith military forces during the Great Scourge of Mandalore, the battle in which the super open was. Malachor, right? And... Yes, sorry. Malachor. Sorry, I'm talking too quickly. The battle in which the super weapon was activated and misfired. So this is a misfire, mm. according to this canon book. It wasn't, it was like purposely activated, but probably wasn't supposed to kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsies, oh no. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the visual dictionary, identifies the Sith Lord who constructed the Malachor super weapon as Darth Tannis. Any potential correlation though between the three characters has not been confirmed by a canon source. Although you would kind of think that this Sith witch slash maybe a Night Sister slash presence voice from the Holocron are the same person? I would think so. Maybe. So Darth Tannis, we're thinking, is the Sith witch who decimated everyone, <laughs> including herself, probably, because she's in a Holocron. Yeah. Let's be fair. 
That's yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right, and then we have the code of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Maul isn't just spouting his own words here, mm-hmm. although he's proven that he can do that pretty well. Uh, what he tells Ezra can be found in the Sith doctrine or mantra, which was mm-hmm. taught to other Sith by once again Darth Bane. And it kind of and it goes like this: Peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain power. Through power, I gain victory. Through victory, my chains are broken. The force shall free me. Ooh. Darth Bane. Get away with words. Definitely had a way with words. Now, this code was originally uh, written by David Gator, who created it for 2003's Knights of the Old Republic video game. Mm-hmm. It's also appeared in the Clone Wars episode, The Altar of Mortis. Gotta love the Mortis arc. Gator definitely took inspiration from Hitler in real yes. history and some of the words in his uh, manifest Mein Kampf. Uh, if you are a fan of any kind of dystopian literature or any kind of dystopian comics, such as uh, V for Vendetta, you'll definitely recognize other places in fiction that definitely take their cue from this. Strength through unity, unity through through faith, England prevails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much any time a fictional fascist government comes into play, they take some kind of a cue from, from Mein Kampf to create mm-hmm. that doctrine. All right. Well, before we move into our next holocron, we'd like to take a moment to tell you about this week's sponsor, Bruch. Bruch is an electric toothbrush that will change the way you think about brushing your teeth. With powerful sonic technology and ultra-gentle bristles, the Bruch redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. It's like that feeling when you leave the dentist, a really fresh whole mouth clean every single day. Our listeners get 15% off with their total purchase with code POD15, that's P-O-D-1-5. Follow the link in the show notes and enter code POD15 to get your exclusive discount and upgrade your oral care routine. We'd also like to tell you about our new partnership with Fiverr. Do you need a freelancer to help with your website, either a designer, or maybe you need someone to help write expert articles and blogs, or maybe an expert presentation designer to help you with a big work project? Look no further than number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as $5 per gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with pressing projects. Just post your gig or search for freelancers and you're off. Don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in the show notes to get started. Please note Bohemian Case Studies is an affiliated partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of Bohemian Geek Studies, and we appreciate your continued support. All right, everybody. And now we are going to segue into our fifth holocron, the newbie from Naboo. Yay. This is Flo's first time watching Rebels. And look at the Funko Pop I've got for her day. <laughs> for me? Aww. That one's for you. We all know it. Yeah, it we all know Maul is for bobblehead. you. I actually have three Maul bobbleheads. This is the Rebels edition Maul. <laughs> shirtless which is very important for his arc in rebels <laughs> oh all right then interesting he freaking loves to be shirtless i don't know what to say was he shirtless in this one i feel like i he was cloaked he was cloaked for us for some time until he revealed himself to be not an old man <laughs> well yes <laughs> indeed i guess i just didn't notice the shirtlessness i guess i'll have to watch again I yes. was pretty like preoccupied with about 75,000 other things that were yes, going there's Yes, there's a lot in these episodes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we've tasked Flo with watching the episodes. 
yay, giving us her questions and her takes. So let's find out what our ambassador for Naboo thought about today's season finale episodes. No, I cannot believe, first of all, that like we just hit the season finale of season two. Like, yeah, I feel like it went so fast. But anyways, um, okay, so I want to preface this with I really enjoyed the episodes. Okay, yes. part one and part two, enjoyed both, was very hooked, captivated, did not touch my phone. It was way better than the side missions that we've had in the past couple weeks, for sure, a million kajillion percent. So I want to start off with that and then go into it. All right, let's do this, Flo. What do you got? Okay, so I'm going to start out with the good. I loved Rex and Ahsoka at the beginning. I thought mm-hmm. that was so great. And like, obviously I don't have a lot of Rex and Ahsoka knowledge, but even I could tell that like, this was very emotional and him saying, may the force be with you to her. Like, was it was just really, really nice. Even though she's like, not a Jedi. Like she still is like a force user. And so like, it was just really, really nice. Loved that. I was interested as to why like Malachor was forbidden to Jedi. Obviously we found out there's a Sith temple there, but I didn't realize that that would be forbidden. I feel like they would want to know, right? No, they, not with what happened to the Jedi. <laughs> I mean, it's my okay. guess. It's like that forbidden fruit. I'm sure Yoda's been there. I mean, Yoda knows what's going on. I just feel like ignoring it is not really like the way to fix it. Yeah. Yay, well, Jedi. We, all know, we all know what happened to the Jedi when they decided to do yeah. that for too long. That's true. Indeed. Okay. This note just says, Ezra, don't touch shit. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Um, that was just craziness. Overall, this episode, like, we've talked about Ezra as Aladdin many, many times, but this episode was straight up Aladdin. They just took Aladdin, and then they lifted it, and they moved it to space. (laughs) So (laughs) um, we've got old man Maul as Jafar. We've got Ezra Mm -hmm. as Aladdin. Mm -hmm. Very, like, Cave of Wonders stuff with the Sith Temple. Um, and honestly, that kind of took me out of it. I thought it was a little bit too much. And I was like, I've seen this before. Like, I know Maul's going to betray him because Jafar betrayed Aladdin. Like, well, and it Maul just... is Maul. <laughs> and Maul is Maul, right? And actually, I was surprised about Maul at the beginning. Not that it was Maul. I could obviously tell it was Maul. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> like, it was pretty obvious. I don't know that many, like, red-horned people. Um, but just the fact that he, like, saved Ezra... Like that was surprising. And then I was like, sure. I'm getting way ahead of myself, but I just want to put it out there that I was surprised. And then I wasn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's very tropey. Annoying. Like it works with the tropes. Very, Seriously. yes. A little bit too much for me. Okay. Like it was just a little too obvious and on the nose. Okay, mm-hmm. let's keep going through my notes. I do have a question here. So obviously there's a graveyard of Jedi, right? They pick and up Sith. these- And Sith, right, they pick up these, like, lightsabers that, like, collapse in their hands. But my question is, like, do the kyber crystals disappear too? Like, why aren't they out here being like, well, here's a bunch of kyber crystals. We should probably take them. I think they last a lot longer. Because, I mean, the lightsaber ignited, but then it kind of. So I think the kyber can survive at least for a time. So don't you think they should have taken it and, like, made new lightsabers with it? So they potentially, maybe, maybe. maybe. <laughs> oh. I mean, they didn't really have a whole lot of time. Yeah. They were, they were pretty much like, yeah, let's run. Yeah. But let's it disintegrated. Wouldn't it just like fall out? Would it be like, oh man, it's dust and a kyber crystal. Yes. If it were still intact, probably. 
I don't know if it disintegrated with the hilt, but because I would assume that lightsabers also, yeah, they're very old, but also lightsabers are made of a material that can stand a pretty long mm-hmm. span of time, much more than an organic body could. Sure. So I don't know. That just like felt really wasteful to me to just like leave the ground littered with kyber crystals. So they're all really freaked out, I guess. Like they're like, this is not something has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> they care, but then like leave. Like, like don't say what's wrong with you. Yoda told them to go there. We can trust Yoda. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't trust Yoda as far as I can punt him, honestly. Um, okay. <laughs> a lot of these just say old man mall question mark question mark. Old man mall exclamation point exclamation point. Um, so good this episode. <laughs> I did think that Ezra was being quite smart and being wary at first, but then he kind of like gave up on his wariness. Like mm-hmm. he got he got hooked pretty quickly. But I did appreciate that he was careful at first, and he was yeah. like, "You go first. Like I'll go behind you. You know, like yeah. I'm Jabba." Then I was like, "Why tell him your real name, dude? Shut up! Like you're so annoying, Ezra. Come on." <laughs> Ezra hears a sad story and he's done. He's like, yeah. "Yep." Instantly. Yeah, he is a sucker for it. Mm-hmm. Poor Ezra. And Maul's not lying. I mean, Maul's yeah, Maul never lies. Yeah, he's he yeah he's very into the truth, even though he obfuscates and he kind of yeah the truth around a little bit. But he doesn't lie. I mean, he doesn't say exactly what he's going to do. But <laughs> I mean, I I just feel like Ezra could have been a little bit more careful. Yes. I loved loved Chopper in the Tie Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Give me all of the chopper. So cute. I loved it. I also really like the idea of revenge versus justice, which I feel was really Mm -hmm. prevalent in this episode. And it was, it's such like a thin line between the two. Um, And it kind of feels like the line between the dark side and the light, right? And so that was really interesting because it's just two sides of the same coin with often like a very similar outcome. Yes. So it was it was just really interesting. Yeah. So I, I really liked that a lot. Um as soon as he said use your anger, this is what I wrote. <laughs> I wrote, use your anger. Fuck you, old man mall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean he has to use it, otherwise he won't be able to get into the temple. <laughs> yeah, but maybe he shouldn't get into the temple. <laughs> no, he should not. Definitely yeah. not. So he like how about we not use our everyone. anger? He's just how about yeah. we like chill out for one second, Ezra? How about you like breathe and maybe like ask your friends for some advice? I don't know. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Angry Ezra was very scary. Yes. He mm-hmm. freaked me out. Just like the look on his face was freaky. The like effort that he exerted, like you could tell he was pissed. And it was scary to behold. Like we haven't mm-hmm. seen that. No. I don't think. At least not to this extent. No, not to this extent. It was a lot. Um, so that was not good. Uh, I just wrote more Inquisitors. Ugh, I'm like kind of sick and tired of them. They're, they're annoying me. I'm just like, just go away. <laughs> and like, I thought their like lightsaber helicopters were so stupid. <laughs> those like are those are rebels. I'm not a huge fan of. I that's a pretty like divisive thing. Yeah. yeah. I, it was just weird, and it was like, no, okay. Maybe if only the eighth brother did it, it would be something that was like distinctive to him it would be a little more interesting, but then they all did it. And I was like, mm. Yeah, it, it was just weird. I don't, it was weird. Visually it looked cool, but otherwise I was like, really, is that what we're doing? I always <laughs> had questions about the physics of it. Like if a lightsaber blade actually has mass and can do that. Mm-hmm. 
It just, it looked, I'm going to get really nerdy here, but it looked like a Pokemon move that like an Oddish would do, <laughs> where it like spins its little leaves. I don't know what that is. I don't know it either, but I can <laughs> picture it. I okay. can picture it. Listeners, I just need you to vindicate me. <laughs> Everybody needs to go look up their Pokemon, break out the Pokedex people, look up an Oddish and tell me that there's not a move in which an Oddish moves its little leaves whatever anyways guys I can imagine it i can yeah. see it in my head <laughs> i'm gonna send you all i always thought it kind of looks it looks like a dark inspector gadget yeah it totally did. oh my god you're so right <laughs> yes it totally did with the hat right he had like mm-hmm. the propeller hat a hundred it's a little too hat. cheesy for an episode that otherwise is very serious in its tone and it was also like kind of a cheat because the yeah. other people can't do that. And so it's like, okay, you're just piecing out. All right, whatever. Yeah, the Inquisitors are basically like a freaking game cheat code, which is like, yeah, I'm it just doesn't get as interesting. Mm-hmm. That's why I think bringing in Maul was such a good idea because it's like, you need a, not a, yeah. I guess he's not a fresh villain, but you need a, a villain who actually has some gravitas to him. Totally, right. totally. And I did appreciate that because I'm really sick and tired of the Inquisitors. Okay, so then we move on to part two. Mm-hmm. What fun. Maul breaking his <laughs> lightsaber out was really cool. That it oh, yeah. was just fun to see it again. I loved all the red on red lightsaber fighting. Yeah, that was super mm. cool. I loved, loved, loved that. I love how afraid of him they are. Yes, and it's almost like what has been like going around the Inquisitor circles about him. Like I feel like there's like a wanted poster somewhere. So Flo, this is mm-hmm. the first time. As far as timeline goes, this okay. is the first we've seen him since his cameo in Solo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So he has already been trash compacted. He has yes. already been trash compacted. <laughs> he has already been through the scorpion legs and okay, everything scorpion else. Scorpion leg phase. He's been through the scorpion legs. Magic Papa Witch Teen Mom. has already beaten his ass. Yeah, his mom has died. He has ruled Mandalore twice. Ruled Mandalore twice. Okay. <laughs> he has a cry- had a crime syndicate. <laughs> Yeah. So that's why he's looking like such an old man. I mean, a lot's gone on. A yes. lot's gone on. He's, he's, he's the same age as Obi-Wan at this point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that's pretty rough, but okay. <laughs> to be fair, time was also not kind to Obi-Wan. So. No, both of them had a rough go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a tough look. Okay. I was definitely interested in Maul wanting to defeat Vader. And I mm-hmm. don't feel like I got a lot of answers about that. There are besides- none. What I, there was like a lot of repetition of like, it's always two, right? Like the Sith is always two. Mm-hmm. So I assume like he just wants to take Vader's place, but like he hates the Sith. So I was Not like, anymore. I was really confused. <laughs> he wants them both dead at this yeah. point. I think he oh, wants, he wants, what? he wants to be the one. Yeah. He wants to be the master and have there's always as two Maul. So he, he'll have Ezra. Yeah. He's <laughs> trying to recruit Ezra, my new apprentice. Oh. Yeah, he wants to kill Palpatine and Vader very badly. Got it. Okay, and, and Kenobi. Clear. No, and it, we don't know why he's so afraid of Vader either. Like okay. when he says, I can't defeat Vader by myself, we don't know why he says that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I wasn't the only confused one. No. Great, awesome. That's My why we need the note... Kira show. Damn it. <laughs> Amen, thank you. My next note just says, fuck probe droids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, Zeb agrees with you. He hates. I hate those guys. They suck. Um, (laughs) these next two notes are pretty funny. It says Kana needs to trust his teachings. Like he needs to trust that like Ezra's going to do the right thing, even though Ezra kind of doesn't. Um, but I think if he had trusted Ezra more, 
then Ezra would have been more likely to listen. And this is kind of the Anakin yeah. Obi-Wan issue again, where it's just like, you're taking your teachings and then you're not trusting your apprentice to follow them. And then you're mm -hmm. pushing them away with this like lack of trust. So, yeah. And then my next note just Poor says, Maul, shut the fuck up. So <laughs> <laughs> He can't, he does not know how to be quiet. Not the Phantom Menace was like, he's not even speaking. <laughs> I know. Now he doesn't shut up. <laughs> I know that was so crazy. Um, I did like that Ezra knows that they don't, they're not supposed to kill. That was good, but it was kind of reminiscent of Anakin not wanting to kill Dooku and then being pushed to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, Very close. Um, There's a lot of Anakin Ezra parallels. Yes, there yes. was a ton. I wrote Old Man Maul still bringing it. Oh yeah. He really did bring it. He's yes, he does. He freaking washed the Inquisitor. <laughs> he did. Okay, so now here's my question. Mm -hmm. So I understand that Kanan is blinded, mm -hmm. RIP Kanan's eyeballs. Mm -hmm. What happened? <laughs> I feel like one second there was a lightsaber and the next second Kanan's like, oh. He blocked, he blocked it with his lightsaber and the light blinded him. Like and they, I think, I think, it I think it absolutely also, I mean, it straight up burned his eyes. Yeah, it burned them. Cause it, it, he's got like that burn on the bridge of his nose too. So it oh, got so it like- touched him. It got too I think close. it did. Yeah. Okay. His own lightsaber, I think, actually got him. Like, ooh. I feel like if that's a common issue, that like when you hit lightsabers together and it blinds people, they should wear protective lenses. Probably. Yeah. I think I mean, it got so close. Like it did like maybe touch his eyes. That... Okay. That's kind of what I thought, but it was a little bit confusing. And then like, I obviously I saw the uh, season three picture like after the episode was over, yeah. I'm like, okay, his eyes look pretty effed up. I'm assuming mm -hmm. he's blind. But I, I, in the episode, I couldn't really tell if it was going to be like reversible, you know? Right. Right. But anyways, very sad. RIP Kanan's eyes. Okay, Don't worry. He'll see my note again. It's <laughs> <laughs> like for real, they had to do that to us this episode. <laughs> my note about Kanan's eyes said, did he fucking blind Kanan? Question mark, question mark. I just want everybody to know what my notes sound like. Yes. Okay. I love your notes. Thank you. <laughs> They're very academic. My next note says knowledge is power. And then I wrote our Sith Ravenclaws. <laughs> and Palpatine so definitely kind of, is. <laughs> that kind of like led me to wonder like, what house is everyone in in this episode? Like, I feel like Ezra is a Slytherin. I don't we know think about we, that. I think we classified him as a Slitherpuff. I think he's okay. like Slitherpuff tendencies. I can understand the like Hufflepuff. I was not a part of that, so I don't know who this we is you're talking about. <laughs> okay, what do you think, <laughs> Anders? It's a tough call. He's... I can see where you're getting Slitherpuff. But he's Puff, also Puff is the empathy aspect. Puff part. is the empathy aspect, and that is a very strong part of his personality. But there's something about what he's doing here. It's more like a. I mean, he's. This is it. He's angsty. Order the Phoenix Harry here. Yes. Like yeah, Ezra's, this. Oh, we haven't even gotten to angsty. Order the Phoenix Ezra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. But his whole. <laughs> But I mean, this is him. I mean, him lashing out at Kanan. This is Harry lashing out at Dumbledore. And it's all coming from this place of feeling this responsibility, feeling this desire to help people. Mm 
which is where I think you're, I think you lose the Slytherin aspect and maybe more of like a, a Huffledore. Yeah, I think he definitely has some Gryffindor tendencies for sure, especially with the not looking before he leaps situation. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough call. I mean, he's a complex character and characters yes. can't necessarily just be put into one or two categories. He does me, have the Slytherin tendency of the ambitiousness. Yeah, definitely. And like, he is pretty cunning. Like, yeah, he definitely he's has smart. all of that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like. The one thing he's me. not is a Ravenclaw. Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely he's not, not a claw. He's, <laughs> the one thing he's, he's not. not answering those riddles to get in the <laughs> common room. Not. Um, I just feel like he reminds me more of Draco than Harry in a lot of ways. Just like in terms of like, wanting knowledge now i mean harry does this too and of course like harry is borderline slytherin so it makes sense Mm -hmm. but there's just like a lot of like just like you said that's two sides of that same coin that very very fine line 100 percent. so i don't know i was just thinking about that but definitely i would say sit there ravenclaws if they think knowledge is power so i feel like that's written in my common room yes (laughs) i would definitely think palpatine is a ravenclaw a lot of people would be like he's a slytherin i'm like partially but he's really into he's the knowledge really part smart. like yeah he, he really, really is. wants the knowledge so i think he's definitely a raven so is voldemort yeah. absolutely yeah absolutely voldemort's definitely the slytherin ambitious part but then the knowledge. whereas kanan is like big gryffindor energy yeah to mm-hmm. me definitely i mean i would say i don't know about mm-hmm. ahsoka because i don't know her well enough gryffindor I, I, that's, that's she dumb. What I guess. <laughs> fair yeah, her and Anakin have got the big Gryffindor power couple teammate aspect going on when yeah. they're training together. Poor Obi-Wan. <laughs> Bless his heart. Mm-hmm. So, okay. This part took me out of the episode right here. Kanan versus Maul. Maul, like, immediately fell. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, it's over. Mm-hmm. I feel like this should have been, like, this huge showdown, and it was like, bam, I blinked and I missed it. So that was... I don't know. I just feel like it should have been a little bit longer. That was. I think it small. should have been, but also at that point, Maul is overconfident. Maul is overconfident, but he also knows Vader's coming, so he's also yeah. kind of anxious to get out of there. Yeah. Okay, once he once fair. he realized Vader's coming, he's kind of like, "Fuck! I fell, and I have no time. Right. I can't right. beat Vader." Maul's big on running. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just. He's a runner. I don't really understand like why he wouldn't have like kept up his little ruse of like being on their side so they could fight Vader together? I think he was panicking. I think he was like, Ezra's already up there. He's starting to get the holocron. I just need to get up there. I also okay. think he's, I mean, if he could dispatch Ahsoka and Kanan before Vader gets there and get to Ezra and take control of the temple, yeah. then he's not as scared of Vader. I see. With I this, see. So he just, he went out of time. Even yeah. though he should have known he couldn't beat Ahsoka, but we didn't have the Clone Wars season seven. It's <laughs> oh, true. Okay. So Flo, you're in the position we were in when we first saw this. So the last okay. time they met was the the finale arc of Clone Wars season seven, mm-hmm. but that didn't come out Got until it. just last no. year. Right. Okay. That's why Ahsoka knew who he was because she really didn't have much interaction with him during the Clone Wars until the end. And the end, their their battle sequence is amazing. And that is definitely yes. one you want to watch. <laughs> okay. Those two I'm excited. fighting because it's fantastic. Also, Maul and those making a lot of sense in those episodes. <laughs> okay. Good to know. 
So then, of course, Vader comes and my heart goes pitter patter. (laughs) (laughs) Biggest drama king in the entire galaxy. But also, Mm. like, such a Voldemort line when he said, then you will die braver than most. I was just like, that's like straight up Voldemort to like James or to Harry. It's just like, also props to Ezra for like stealing himself at that moment. A hundred percent. He just immediately raises the saber and he's like, all right, let's do this. Yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. baby, no. <laughs> it was very sweet. It was very sweet. I mean, he, somebody should have told him this guy like annihilated younglings. But anyways, <laughs> um, Ahsoka versus Vader was very sad. Obviously, yes. like I don't have the whole Ahsoka knowledge that other people have. But even I could tell that like it was very emotional. And that was very, very well done in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, when she like cut off part of his mask and like we saw Anakin <laughs> underneath there. I was just like, oh, man, like... <laughs> How does he not turn back here? Like, how does it take so much longer with Luke? Like, this should have been it. Like, it was, like, we heard his voice. Yeah. It was. Matt Lanter. Oh, my God. I was just like, this is amazing. So rough. Like, oh, I think she put a little dent in him, though. She definitely did. Yeah, she definitely started the job that Luke ended up completing. But, like, Mm -hmm. whoa, it was intense. I loved the Ahsoka, I will avenge his death. That was just like, and then of course she hits us with, I am no Jedi. Am no and that Jedi. was like, woo, that was good. <laughs> the Vader She's force pull was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this just says, OMG, Anakin, heart, heart. So, <laughs> <laughs> take your pick. That could have been in any part of uh, any of the prequel movies or this. Um, I loved Rex with Ahsoka after all of this. It was like, oh, my heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very sweet, very sad. The ending score was incredible. Yes, like, that ending wow. tracking shot is gorgeous. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Done. And then I just wrote, "Fuck Ezra opening the holocaust," <laughs> <laughs> and that's what my notes ended on. I Ooh, yeah. that's where the episode ends. Exactly, and so it was a lot. There was a lot in these episodes. And I would say, like, my main critique is that there was a lot in these episodes and not a whole lot going on in the season. And I feel like I needed an episode between the last one and this one to get a little bit more about this mission, a little bit more, like, background knowledge of what was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Just because I felt kind of thrown into it. Mm-hmm. which in some ways of course like is nice because it's like let's keep it moving and let's go but i also felt a little bit confused as to like what their plan even was coming into this because it no seems plan. like they just showed up <laughs> yeah they have no plan they did they were like we were told to go here we're gonna go here and try and find some knowledge yeah that's okay basically all their plan was it, it, just it was a bad plan very smart bad plan. yeah it was not a good plan no. not a good plan <laughs> And then I kind of wish that we had just seen more Ahsoka this season. Yes. Because Always we got want more Ahsoka. But mostly because like we got so much of her this episode and it's like, but I barely know you. And mm-hmm. so for people like me, like obviously I saw her in Mando and I saw very little Ahsoka in like the early seasons of Clone Wars and like her little tube top. Yeah, that's a travesty. <laughs> She she wears more clothes later on in the clothes. Oh, good to know. Good to know. But between like super young Ahsoka and then like 
much older Ahsoka of Mando, like I barely know Ahsoka. And so to get her here and then have so little time with her and then have this like very emotional pivotal moment for her of fighting Vader, I just wish I would have seen more missions with her this season and kind of like seen her skills and just gotten to know her a little bit better. So that that's really my only thing, but overall, obviously loved these episodes. They were great. Um, yeah. So emotional. Um, like, holy shit. <laughs> it was. Yeah. And it definitely made you, like, want to start season three right away. Like, yes. beautiful ending. Yes. I can't even imagine that people had to wait. I mean, I, I have been waiting. I haven't watched season yeah. three yet. But that people can't just, like, click next episode is crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have I would have gone insane. <laughs> Absolutely. I immediately went to the next episode. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this show is great. I love this show. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. It I was definitely crazy. Everything. They, well, they the, really just leveled up on these episodes. Yes. But yeah. Season I think, two is a lot of character building. And then season three and four are much more streamlined. Okay. That's good yes. to know. Mm-hmm. Because I just feel like it was kind of like, good, 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 good. And then it's like, ba-bam! We just like yeah. completely Boy. went up like 12 levels. And it's like it was just a little bit jolting. So Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's overall, very, great. very jolting. Yay. Yeah. I can't Yay. wait for you to next season. Go I can't meet wait Ron. <laughs> But yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Man. I do not find Maul hot. I'm very sorry, Colleen. Yeah. That's okay. He's a danger snack. <laughs> I, I will take He's my half-faced scary. Anakin. <laughs> He's all burned up. It's fine. He's still gorgeous. Uh, he's, I like to call him just crispy. <laughs> he is. Crispy he hot. Just has, he's just been like blanched a little bit. Everything's fine. He Everything is okay. A little extra time on the barbecue, but that never hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. I think Maul for me is a lot to do with his voice actor, who is my uh, first husband, Sam Whitmer. Okay. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. That is fair. That is never fair. Whatever floats your boat. About Sam Whitmer doing anything. All right, I think we're ready to head into our sixth holocron next, which is Conjecture at the Cantina. This is where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider Star Wars lore together. I will get us started with what did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? Well, first of all, why the hell did they do that to poor Kanan? (laughs) Travesty. mm, I was so not happy when this happened. And a few people who I've had watched the show have messaged me very angrily after watching this episode. Be like, what? What happened? I'm like, I'm very sorry. But also, I'm not sorry. Watch Rebels. So the cast and crew were quick to remind viewers that younglings were taught in the Jedi Temple to rely on their other senses, besides their sight, to perceive the world. Luke had to put his little blast shield down in order to kind of defeat that little droid guy that he was fighting with Ben Kenobi. Yep. So it is possible to be able to see the world with the force, it's not going to be the same. Like it's still, he has lost his sight. Like this is gonna be difficult, like no matter what. And Freddie Prince Jr. who's the voice actor said, this is gonna be a make or break moment for Kaden. And this, he was saying this before they'd started making season three. So he didn't really know what was going to happen yet, mm-hmm. but he was very intrigued by it. He kind of was like, will this make him stronger? Or will he fa- like fall into complete despair from the loss of his sight? So I'm very excited for Flo to see this for the first time and see Kanan deal with the aftermath. We also can we give a shout out to Chopper for like leading oh. him up oh, when Chopper he's like holding Chopper's hand. head. Oh. <laughs> My poor heart. That was and so Anna. good. Chop loves his family. All right, can I make a prediction right now about yes. what? Okay, 
I think he's going to be pretty distraught at first and like then get angry and like go through all the stages of grief. And then he's going to like figure out like, I can't, I can't tell if somebody's going to like come in and be blind and he's going to be, he's going to be like, wow, look, other people are blind too. I can do this. <laughs> or he's just going to like hear a weird disembodied creepy ass Yoda voice. Who's going to be like, do not eyes use Kanan. <laughs> like, that was my Yoda voice. I hope you guys liked it. I can tell you that Yoda is 0% helpful when it comes to blindness. <laughs> I mean, you could have just left it at Yoda is 0%, 0 helpful. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go to Malachor, he said. It'll be fine, he said. He's unbelievable. Like, honestly, he just sends people to do his dirty work all the time. Like, yep. F you, Yoda. Yes. You're the worst. He's and just chilling in the like, swamp with the smorgasbord of frogs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Apex Predator. <laughs> He's fine <laughs> where he is. He's like, I'm cool. I'm chilling. Let's send Ezra and company to a fucking Sith planet. We're I wonder if Maul's there. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh where there's a freaking crazy weapon that hmm? the Sith could use. That I'm now sure a that. child has. A child. Yeah, that, that's going to be totally okay. <laughs> Everything's fine. Okay, next we have Ahsoka and Vader's showdown. Dave Filoni and Ash Eckstein had actually been pondering this moment for like a decade after Clone Wars wow. was kind of quote unquote done because they knew that Ahsoka would have to meet up with Vader eventually if they didn't kill her off. Filoni was actually really concerned whether the moment in the show would be effective enough for fans. And it's good to hear that Flo thought that it was effective yeah, and you definitely. haven't seen all of Clone Wars, so he did his job. Like, this was intense yeah. and emotional. And getting Matt Lanter to come back in and say Ahsoka and whoo, mm, to hear Don't that worry. kind of breakage between James Earl Jones's Darth Vader voice and Anakin's voice. One day the, he's going to say flow like that. Eye. <laughs> I really hope he does just for oh you. My God. Really I'm just going to cut it. Like, I'm just going to find it. Like, he's going to say like Florida or something. I'm just going to cut it. So he just says, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Okay, okay. Anders, I know you've got a couple. Uh, yes. All right. So I want to start us off here talking about this temple. Mm -hmm. A couple episodes ago, I talked about kind of some things I noticed about the Jedi temple on the Thal, how it kind of represents this the way that the Jedi view the force and everything about it. And I kind of want to do the same thing here with the Sith temple. So mm -hmm. the Jedi temple, if you guys remember, it's built into the natural landscape. It's very curved. It uses these exi existing structures. Mm -hmm. Whereas this thing, there is nothing natural about this temple. Every mm -hmm. single surface is flat and smooth. Every corner is extremely sharp. Everything about this thing is extremely artificial. It is definitely man-made. Yeah. Rather than being kind of built into the land, it is plopped on top of it to show this Sith idea of kind of dominance and control. Mm -hmm. Same thing with how we enter it. You know, the Jedi Temple, you effectively had to ask it to open. This one, you're forcing. Yes. Pun intended. Um, <laughs> you, are you are tapping into the dark side, and it takes two Force users to do it. A similarity it has with the Jedi Temple. Right. Mm -hmm. um, in fact... Everything you do, everything that Ezra and Maul do in this temple, from getting inside, opening it back up, getting the holocron, taking the elevators to get to the top, mm -hmm. every single thing requires two. No more, no less. No more than two can ride the elevator up. Um, 
kind of, again, symbolizing that rule of two. Phil, you were saying that earlier, it's always no more than a less, except for the very last thing, the one thing that you can do with one person is activate the temple. So you have to kind of cooperate to get up to the top, but only one ultimately wins in the end. Yes, who's most worthy. Who is actually most worthy, who will in fact stab the other one in the back and end Mm. the cooperation Mm -hmm. and take power for themselves. It's kind of like the Triwizard Cup. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. And that kind of and that power is what gets us into the the actual purpose of this temple. Again, the purpose of the temple on Mothal was to kind of medica- meditate, look inward, feel the mm-hmm. force, and gain some sort of knowledge. Here, knowledge again representative of the Sith ideals. Knowledge is power. Quite right. literally, it. it the Sith Holocron, a repository of knowledge, is the key to a weapon, mm-hmm. a battle weapon that will destroy everyone and everything around it. Doesn't really care who or what it is. No. It does not. Yeah, right. this this temple, like, I'm sorry, kind of reminded me of Exegol. Yes, definitely. Just like mm-hmm. super, like sleek, angular, and like you said, very unnatural, just like it's there. And it's like, why is this here? Mm-hmm. It's very confusing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. All right. So my question around this episode kind of gets, I get, there's a very fine line between the light side and the dark side that we were alluding to earlier. We all know Maul is bad. Yes. Maul is not a, <laughs> Maul is not a good person. No. Or anything. No. But. So I reference this, I, f- I forget what episode we were in, um, but I have talked about this idea before about how, you know, the heroes kind of need some dirty work. Something needs to get done. And they end up kind of teaming up with a villain who, t- mm-hmm. who kind of does that dirty work. And so are they actually morally absolved from things? Like Ezra absolutely does not kill the, the, the seventh sister. Right. He, he won't do it. But she still ends up dead. Right. Yes. <laughs> like, and that still kind of needed to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Does the yep. fact that, like, could, the, two things. Does the fact that it was Maul that actually dealt the blow and Ezra kind of stepped back morally absolve him from the fact that he was kind of a participant in this? Yeah. I know it's not, I know mm. he is not exactly the same, but from the grand scheme of things, Right. Could they have done this without Maul? Probably not. I mean, I don't I don't know if Kanan and Ahsoka could have killed them. They probably would have incapacitated them or tried to. Right. Maul takes out two of the three Inquisitors yeah. directly. Yeah. And then the only reason the other one dies is because Kanan happens to have damaged his lightsaber. So when he tries yeah. the stupid helicopter thing, it right. breaks and he, he falls. Dies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this kind of like goes back to my question of like, what was their plan? Like, if they weren't going to kill them, then what was the plan? Were they going to take them into custody? Mm -hmm. Like, that feels dangerous. Like, what was the plan here? They literally went into this saying, we're going to go find the Inquisitors, and then had no plan beyond that? Like, Yeah, or at least find knowledge that could help them defeat the Inquisitors. But then you're going to a Sith temple. The Sith temple is going to say kill them. Like, this is... A freaking right. Kiyoshi is, from I was say, Avatar. It's Kiyoshi. <laughs> <laughs> Kiyoshi. She's gonna be like, yeah, you, yeah, you're gonna have to kill them. 
<laughs> there is no like locking their power away or taking their power away that doesn't work right in star wars like and they're not probably not going to be able to be healed or turned back unless you did some sort of extensive therapy which we know the jedi aren't good at either no yeah no, no therapy in space i mean it's kind of the same thing with dooku right it's like what was anakin's idea of like what he was gonna bring him in front of the of the senate for a trial it's like no bro like he chopped off your hand like just kill kill like not because palpy told you to but like you definitely should have just killed him that's a little iffier <laughs> no it's not it's that not one's a little iffier, iffier. especially come after on. you especially after a you little, have chopped off both of his hands a little yeah i mean he was come on no that, okay no I mean, you're telling me that in Attack of the Clones, when Dooku was fighting Yoda, what was Yoda's purpose in that? Not to kill him? Oh, he wouldn't have killed him. No. What? Then why was he fighting him? He was probably going to try and incapacitate him in some way. And I then mean, do like, what? Is there like a, a jail? Trial. Yeah. yeah. They have. Ahsoka, they have. Ahsoka gets put on trial. In okay, but like Wars. you don't think Dooku's going to break out of jail? Oh, he definitely would. That's why it's so, so difficult to be a good guy is when you're when you don't kill people. You're kind of setting yourself up for the bad guy to escape. Again. I just feel like yeah. this absolute, like, I'm a very pacifist person, but like this absolute of like, let's not kill anyone is like, what? Like, it's that, dangerous. what are you doing? It's very dangerous. These people They're, have killed yeah. other people. These inquisitors mm-hmm. have like been taking babies. Yes. Like, what is your problem? Of course you should kill them. Yes. That's like their last ditch kind of solution whereas mall is like no we're just gonna kill <laughs> we're just gonna do this yeah, yeah. i mean I'm, threat, I'm they want to kill me i think mall was smarter strategy wise because they just did not have time they did not yeah. have time to deal with that sort of capture situation when they were basically evenly matched not skill wise really because mall and ahsoka themselves are very much higher in the skill level than a, yes. the inquisitors how would they have but, even walked them like what yeah the it ground been is falling out. Like, really what are you talking different. about? Yeah, they're, I mean, and their first instinct, unfortunately, as Jedi is not to kill. In the sure. comic book arc, when the Inquisitors are being trained, Vader says this. He's like, they won't strike to kill. Like, this is a problem. We're going to have to break them of that. Hmm. Because they were all Jedi trainees, like Padawans or Jedi Knights. And he's like, we're going we're gonna to have to stop that because they're going to yeah. have to kill people. It's also like, I feel like the Sith can exploit this. Mm-hmm. It's like a known Easily. weakness. Yeah. So. The only and I mean, there Sith is has, ultimately, right. And I mean, there's always, in stories like this, there is always something that will come through in the end that actually shows that actually not killing someone does, is a mark of strength, not weakness. Sure. Right. Of course. How, okay. But I, this, I, just, I, but this I is cannot like... abide by people who are taking babies from their yeah. parents. <laughs> Yes. Well, in, in this instance, no. they weren't. I mean, it would have taken a Herculean effort to subdue three Inquisitors. Yeah. Like it, when there's only three of them and one's a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was like, a dumb. Overall, my biggest take from these episodes, besides the fact that it was beautiful and very emotional, is that this was a very dumb plan. Yes. <laughs> Extremely dumb. Yeah. Very dumb. This now, it is worth plan. noting. It is worth noting. They did not anticipate running into the Inquisitors on this planet. No, the Inquisitors were there actually hunting Maul. Yeah. That was coincidence. The 8th brother was was in charge of finding Maul. They were were actually hunting hunting Maul. Maul. 
and then the eighth brother called the other two on his little wrist calm thing because he was like oh shit there's jedi here now too we can take care of this okay wait so now back up because now i'm confused wasn't their initial plan like they were waiting for ahsoka right to go to malachor Malachor. they were going to malachor to find the knowledge of how to defeat the inquisitors yeah i see okay so this was like step one of a multi-step process yes yes it was supposed to be supposed to be and then Maul kind of ruined everything. <laughs> okay, By I didn't being understand there. that at all then, because I thought that, like this was the, the plan. There. Yeah, they were they were going they they didn't really know what they were going to find. I mean, that's another huge problem. Was that Yoda just told them to go to Malachor and there's I they can't access the Jedi archives, so they don't have any say, information on it. Yoda was, was say, absolutely no help. It's been removed from the archives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that one's still in there, but. <laughs> only Palpatine is able to get a hold of that kind of stuff yeah. mm-hmm. when okay. Maul obviously learned about it from Palpatine otherwise he wouldn't have been there right or he got the information when he was head of Crimson Dawn like we don't know we don't know what give happened in between Solo show. yes give it to us now please mm-hmm. thank you Charles Sewell for giving us any sort of Kira content we thank you greatly <laughs> Well, all right, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. So tune in with us again next time as we begin our season three coverage with a nifty little time jump and some new styles in the two-part season opener, Steps into Shadow. Ooh, new styles. I'm excited. Until then, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us those five-star reviews. Check out our website at bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes. Enjoy Colleen's Book Corner where she's reviewing Star Wars literature and contact us through email and social media. And as always, tell other nerdy noites to come and join us. It really does help. You can also head over to forgottenentertainment.com. Check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where Khalid, myself, and our co-host Daniel and Flo is on this week. Yay! Are examining the films in the Star Wars canon. Until next time, double-bladed lightsabers up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>